Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation of Sabbath, November 28th, we look at Lesson 9, The Church and Education. Join us as we see how God has His hand in each one teaching one. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, Lesson 9, The Church and Education. Uh, this is uh, memory text comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others. We might have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we are well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you have become dear to us. Yeah, what a, again, a beautiful passage uh, here by Pastor Paul of the relationships that uh, yes, were formed in the that. early Christian church. And um, anyways, the it, it's, you know, the church wasn't just about a, a building. In fact, they didn't have any church buildings. They, no. they just were meeting in one another's homes. And so the early Christian church was all about relationships. No, it, it, indeed it was. And that's what I was just about to say, which is, that's what it's all about. That's what the church is about today is relationships. Exactly. Uh, so talking about those relationships, what is true Christian education? Yeah, well, we're looking at a passage from uh, Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 30 to 37. And Jesus is giving this story of the uh, man who's attacked by robbers. And, and this is a very familiar story, uh, I think, to a lot of Christians. And, and of course, uh, the people he would expect for help, the uh, Levite, um, the priest, both of them pass him on the other side. And then uh, then there's the Samaritan. And the Samaritan is the one who you would expect would, least would not. Yeah, least likely. Would, least likely. And and so there he is. He comes along. And I, the, the operative words that I love in this passage here is that it says he took pity on him. Hmm and put him on his horse, bandaged his wounds, took him up to, and, and I always love when someone first told me that, you know, Jerusalem was way up high and Jericho's way down below, uh, by the uh, below sea level by uh, the Dead Sea, uh, this huge contrast, you know, between the two. So there he is on his way down, he's coming back up and he, he takes him back up and, and takes care of him. Yeah. And I, I really think that's just such a beautiful, story beautiful illustration that that jesus had here trying to uh talk about how when when we're dealing with education we're dealing with relationships here yeah and it, do i dare say i think the operative uh, language there is everyone is our neighbor mm -hmm. you know when we come in contact with people yeah. they're our neighbors and we need to be looking at connecting with them through uh, with Christian education. And, and by the way, that's a part of what why Seventh-day Adventist Church has schools, right? It's partly yeah. to train our young people to know and love Jesus. Uh, but there's a missional aspect to that, too, in that we want other people to benefit the same way that we do through education. And one of the greatest witnesses, I'm doing a mission project, mission devotional, as you know, that um, and again and again, wherever our church has built schools, they were able to then thereby build the relationships 
through which they were able to lead them to Jesus Christ. You know, it's funny you said that uh, this just yesterday, a student dropped by mm -hmm. and she at the beginning of the semester said, hey, I'm really nervous about taking this class, Life and Teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I've never read the Bible before. Wow. Like, I'm not an atheist or agnostic. I just I just have never opened the Bible. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, yeah. yesterday she dropped off a gift saying, thank you so much. Wow. I learned so much. Yeah. Discussing it with my boyfriend, discussing it with my parents, just mm -hmm. some of the things I've learned. Yeah. And it's what, a, what an exciting time, right? Those yeah. are our neighbors. They uh, are. And that's what the that, our 20% of our school is not Adventist. Yeah. But hopefully we convince them, right? We're, we're, we are we are missional of showing them who Jesus Christ is. Yeah. It, you know, whoever is within our sphere of influence yes, that we, we have. And it could be someone down the street from you. It could be in the classroom. Uh, it could be somebody at work. Or maybe sometimes the hardest neighbors to reach, so to speak, <laughs> are the people we're related to. You know? Yeah, it's so Family true. Family members, you know. So you might be asking, how do we reach those people? Well, yeah. Monday's lesson gets right into that call to live as a light. Listen to this. This is the new international version um, and it's found in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't this what it's about? allowing ourselves and I, I preached on this before and an elder a wise elder came after me he's like it's like we're not the ones shining he's like jesus is shining we're simply reflectors oh i like that we're the ones who are reflecting the light and how mm -hmm. he's like how can you reflect something that you're not in the presence of wow <laughs> and it, you know that that really stuck with me and, and that's what i want to give the audience today mm -hmm. we're reflectors of the light mm -hmm. and just need to find ourselves in his presence and, and so we we'll, have to we'll worry about being it. the source of it or no. getting the light started it's just a matter of of being in the presence of jesus yep you don't need any matches <laughs> all right so you know i i don't want to um i don't want to continue on that without making sure that we look at what is what does it mean to live as disciples in tuesday's lesson yeah well, uh, we're coming back to the words of Jesus again in Luke chapter 4. Uh, interesting story where Jesus kind of comes to his hometown uh, in the synagogue there in Nazareth. And, you know, the, the expression, I was just talking about how sometimes it can be hard to reach your own family. Ooh. Well, Jesus had that same challenge, right, is yes, coming back to his hometown. And people were very skeptical. And so they asked him, uh, he had the chance to, to go up front and read. So he reads this passage um, uh, from Isaiah 61. Uh, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to Amen. set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Or some translations say deliverance. And yes. it's this idea that Jesus has come with good news. Amen. And he wants to uh, share us to experience that good news. And of course, it's interesting. He, he says to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine being there <laughs> in that synagogue? And well, I, I do. I, I remember, well, I just, I just remember he see, reading some people saying, what, what is this? What, what's what's going on, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Who does this guy think he is? Right. Isn't this Joseph's son? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and so, of course, they missed out on an incredible blessing, uh, incredible opportunity. But there they have Jesus as the master teacher. What, what a great opportunity uh, that was really slipped right between their fingers. They didn't realize what was right in front of them. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the thing. 
a lot of us don't realize what we have right in front of us. Mm-hmm. We have the we have the can- canonical Bible, right? We have the sixty six books at our fingertips that oftentimes collects dust in our lives. Mm-hmm. Pick it up, right? Uh, but also we have chance to communicate with Jesus Himself. Yeah, uh, through prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend who shared with me. He's like, he's like, you know, what? I really came to the realization that Satan is not trying to get us to not believe that God's not there or to believe that He's not there. He's trying to get us to be so inundated that we don't have time to connect with God. Because wow. when we pray, there's power. When we don't pray, there's no power, right? And so God, is, so for some reason, has made a contract, according to Peckham. I was going over one of his books recently, mm-hmm. that God has a contract. I will move when my children pray. Yeah. And if we're not praying, God's not moving. Yeah, I mean, it's back to relational. It's not a one-sided relationship. Uh, there's got to be a little bit on both. We need to listen and pay attention and ask. And just like any parent, you know, I want my kids to not uh, simply, it's not a one-sided kind of thing. I want to enter into their world and, and, their, and they to enter into my world. And it just warmed my heart yesterday. My son said, Dad, what's, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? You wow. know? And I, I just like that, those cherish those moments. And I think God wants that same kind of thing. He wants to be in relationship as disciples where we tell Ooh. him what's on our hearts, what's going on, and, and that we also listen to him as, at the same time. So not just what I want, what a, me, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, by the way, then how do we sh- sh- segue into this seeking truth? How, wh- where do we go with that? You know, uh, as we're looking for this light, as we're looking for becoming disciples, one of the only ways to do it is to actually seek truth. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. read all of these texts because many of you have probably heard these before. Jeremiah 29, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Uh, Matthew 7, seek when you, you know, if you seek me, you'll find me. It tells, uh-huh. talks about knocking uh-huh. as well. Uh, Acts 17, once again, the term of seeking comes into play. And then we transition a little bit here in Psalms. It's talking about lead and teach me your ways, right? John 16, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all things, into the truth. And 17, 17, sanctify them by truth. Thy word is truth. Love it. And so we see all these things that happen when we seek God, when we search for him. Uh, we'll find him, mm-hmm. but when we find him, he'll also transform our lives. He'll sanctify us. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. These are all actionable words, but they start with our actions, right? Well, no, it starts with the action that Christ has already done. True. And the invitation has been given out. And now as we seek him, we will find him and he will then sanctify us, lead us and guide us. All God wants is permission, right? Yeah, to... that, that's, that's all he, he's asking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, after we seek, how do we, how do we then, after we found, found him, how do we share our lives? Yeah, you know, we're looking, you know, I, the best way I think to to explain this, I think for me, is that um, the sharing should just come very naturally. It shouldn't be something that's forced or contrived. But um, in fact, if if it's really truly good news, like we talked about, yeah. it should just bubble over. Uh, and uh, anyways, first that's. First Thessalonians chapter two verses six through eight says, "We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you, mm. just as nursing mothers care for her children. So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well." And, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting how in, in 
reflecting on this, that there's a certain calling that um, as we learn and grow and follow as disciples of Jesus, there's a sense of humility and constant learning that, that here we are to try to learn and grow together. And, and yeah, I mean, Pastor Paul could have called rank and said, I'm an apostle. Who do you think you are? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> but to say, hey, I'm, I'm just going to be like a child among you and I'm going to learn and grow um, at the same time right here along with you. And so this is back to this being incarnational, learning, a willingness to learn, a willingness to share our experiences. Sometimes it may not seem that really that great until we realize what someone else is going through. And then we're like, oh, wow. Um, yeah what ex the experience you had was just what I needed to help encourage me in my own uh, particular uh, Christian walk at the same time. So these are the kinds of things. But coming back to just being authentic and incarnational part of our lives, um, you know, I remember when I first found out I was going to be a dad, you yeah. know, and um, I went off to some uh, camp meeting appointment, and there I was, and uh, the conference president, you know, said, you know, Michael, um, how's it going? Going great. Anything new in your life? Oh, you know, well, my wife and I had agreed we wouldn't uh, share the news. We would keep it a secret at that point. Um, and so <laughs> I told him, hey, things are going well. But, of course, that was a secret. And every day he introduced me at camp meeting. He said, you know, we got Michael here. And, um, and uh, he looked at me and he said, you know, Michael, there's just something different about you. I can't mm. tell what it is. <laughs> and through that week, every day, I remember him uh, kept coming back to me, Michael, something, what's going on in your life? You know, these yeah. kinds of questions trying to, and finally by Friday, the last day of camp meeting, he said, you know, uh, in front of everybody, he's introducing me for the last time. He said, you know, I finally, he looked at me, I finally figured out what's different about you. I, I think you're going to be a dad. And uh, sure, sure enough, I, I didn't say anything, but, uh, you know, I, the smile on my face must have given it, it away. It just says everything, right? <laughs> the beaming joy. Couldn't, couldn't keep it a secret. And I think that's kind of the same thing with discipleship, that when we know and love Jesus for ourselves, we, we can't help but let that spill out naturally into our lives to those around us, how we treat other people, and sharing that experience that has changed us that hopefully contagiously can yeah. change others. You, you know what, what I love about your story and what I love about um, this text is that intentions matter. Mm -hmm. So the Apostle Paul's not only saying, sharing what he's doing, he's saying why I do it. I yeah. care about you yeah. like, a, like a mother cares for her newborn children, right? Absolutely. Uh, sometimes uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Love it. And when you open that up, right? And so you're that president, right? He, yeah. he He's wanting to know because he's like, I care about you, Michael, right? And he opens up and it's, it's amazing to see what happens in these relationships. If it's not just, I have this knowledge to share with you, but I have this knowledge to share with you because I care about you. Yeah, love it. Well, you know, um, as we're kind of putting a wrap on this week's lesson, I'm just reminded that, you know, education is so much all about relationships and the church is about relationships. It is. Um, if anything, uh, from COVID-19 this year with the lockdowns and not being able to always meet in person for church, it's reminded me that um, the church is not about that building. What I've really appreciated is when people have called me and said, hey, are you okay? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and uh, sent, sent a note or sent a little thing of encouragement or, hey, I just listened to this sermon online. It really encouraged me. Yeah, it's um, I, forwarded I think, to us, right? Yeah, you know, check this out or maybe some insight from the Bible that, that they discovered and found them, sp spoke to their heart. And the more that we do that, um, the church becomes a school. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and, you know, that's the challenge to all of us. 
you know, once at least once a week. I, mm-hmm. I'm I, I had a challenge once a day. I haven't been doing that to reach out to different students. Or one that's doing well, one that's not. But mm-hmm. man, you see the 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 charts that comes back from students that were yeah. seemed like they were you know the Lazarus effect. You say, hey, I care about you. Where are you at? Where, you, where how about your grades? And they start showing back up to class and they start doing the work because yeah. you know someone cares. Same thing for you out there who are you know in the church. Those who are missing, especially those elderly, those who are really fearful of COVID-19, rightfully so, mm-hmm. reach out to them. Don't let anyone slip through the cracks. And if we each one re- reach one, reach out to one, man, the relationships that we will build eternally will actually be eternal. Yeah. Uh, you know, following the example of Jesus, he didn't wait for someone to reach him. He went yeah. ahead and initiated and reached out to us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's the church and education. So that's a wrap. Uh, This is Soup. And Swoops. Signing signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.